Back from the dead once again, I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my partner, Mr. Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and happens to be the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 208th episode of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. We're going to talk about the markets. We're going to talk about disappearing UFOs and disappearing balloons. We're going to talk PDAT curses, gold, meaningless M&A, Bitcoin, a lot to get to as always. But before we get into that, Mr. Nick Hodge, how are you doing? Thank you for holding it down last week. I was under the weather. I understand that you are a bit under the weather this week again as well. I think the entire country is a bit under the weather, whether it's uh, head colds or chest colds or COVID still going around or stomach bugs. Everyone I talk to seems to be sick and there's uh, still no medicine, especially for the kids. If you go to the the store, if you can find it, it's 15 or 20 bucks a bottle. And uh, Lord knows I put down some uh, decongestants here over the past couple of days. I haven't been able to breathe through my nose. I've been a, a mouth breather, as it were. Um, episode 208, that means we've done this for four years. 52 times four is uh, 208. How's that? How do you feel about that? Um, look, it was a good beer. <laughs> that was the genesis of this podcast, right? Uh, for those of you not aware, I was visiting Mr. Hodge and his beautiful family in Washington State. It's a little bit late. We had had a few drinks. We were having a, a locally crafted beer and kind of took two minutes and said, hey, you want to start a podcast? He said, yeah. We said, what should we name it? Like, Let's call it Bizarro World. Nick had written an article about Bizarro World back in 2015, I believe, 2016, early 2016. And, um... Yeah, that, that, that was it. The next week we had a podcast, and here we are. Four years later, it's evolved, it's changed, it's grown. Um, I'm proud of it. Look, at the end of the day, we happen to be fortunate enough to be owners, um, co-owners of our respective businesses, right? And um, there's a freedom that comes with that. And, and whenever we're talking stock picks or you know, writing an editorial or writing a newsletter or doing a podcast, it sure fucking feels good to be able to say what you want to say, say the things that are true to you. And it doesn't mean everybody has to agree with those things, but it's awesome to have a dialogue that's not filtered in and then that's not bought for by someone else. And so on that front, I'm proud of it. I'm excited for what comes next. I think it's been, look, I missed it last week. For those of you not aware, I, I'll spare you the details. I couldn't talk. I couldn't drink water. I couldn't eat for three or four days. I had a procedure done. Peritonsillar abscesses, technically what I had. And, uh, Long story short, it was a painful week, but I missed the podcast. Like it really is like a therapy session. So I'm excited to be back at it. Excited to be here. Open that you feel better soon. How are you feeling about this podcast and, and the growth and the change and you know everything that's gone through? Well, the world's not any less bizarre. That's for for sure. And um, you know, you and I are both big believers in the fourth turning, which is uh, a bit delayed. And um, I mentioned a couple episodes ago that the new book will be out. I just I just looked it up. The Fourth Turning is Here is uh, the book that's coming out by Neil Howe, I think, in uh, May or June or something. And so, um, you know, uh, not that I wish the world to continue being uh, bizarre and, and all the stuff that comes along with that, the, the wars and the inflation and the, the shortages and the whatever it is. Um, uh, I think we can probably do this podcast for another four years. I think we're going to, at the very least, be able to do this podcast for another four years. Our politicians aren't getting any smarter on either side. Um, they're also not quick to relinquish power, right? They're, they're not They're not going to go down easy. Um, death levels around the world are still unsustainably high. We have a Fed that, that seems hell-bent on not pivoting, and kudos 
to his conviction, I think it's going to be a heck of a legacy he's going to leave behind considering he's the gentleman and, you know, that group are, are, is the group that caused the inflation that they're now um, so hell-bent on tackling. So, yeah, you're right. Look, these aren't things that play themselves out over weeks or months. These are things that take years and often, you know, a decade plus to kind of sort themselves out. So fortunate to be in the position we're in. Um, thankful for everybody that listens. I love the Q&A segment last week. I thought that was awesome. We need to do more of that. And um, thanks for the comments and the questions, everybody. Keep bringing them in. So, well, yeah. um, a couple of things. And uh, sorry for rambling. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, politicians that have given up power. I saw the other week Diane Feinstein or Feinstein is not going to seek re-election. She's 89 years old, I looked up. 89 years old serving in the Senate. I mean, it's just Asler. Like, you don't need to be in the Senate when you're 89 years old. Get the hell out of here. Go or read a book or play bridge or whatever the hell it is 89-year-olds do. And then... Um, yeah, Jerome was, was never going to pivot. I've been saying that since last August and, yeah. um, now they're calling Well, they, you know, Elizabeth Warren was saying recently, you know, she wants a new, uh, vice, vice chair or something like that. That's going to be basically, you know, uh, more dovish or easy money policy. And that's not going to happen. You know, the Jerome's, uh, tenure isn't up until the 2026, I think it is. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting next couple of years. And um uh, while we should do more q a uh, next week we're actually going to have a guest so we'll have the uh, uh uranium insider on this podcast uh, next week and we'll just do a, an entire episode about uranium i i i can't wait look everybody knows my two favorite commodities right now despite what kathy wood says or lithium and uh and, and i know it's an element i'm calling it a commodity um, lithium and uranium right i think those two commodities are primed for a beautiful 2023 I can tell you in the paid service and personally, we're positioned very, very well. Copper is a close third. You and I had a conversation off air. I will answer one question because I keep getting it from a lot of different people in regards to Peru and the situation as it relates to hand and metals. Hand and metals has, again, a team on the ground. Exploration hasn't been, you know, affected in any way. They have excellent community relations. Y'all have to remember that they control an entire basin. So at the end of the day, if there's ever a community issue, Hannon has the luxury of saying, you don't want us here we have an entire basin that's perspective that we can go explore and we can explore where we are wanted fortunately that hasn't been the case up until now it's been very very cordial they've done a phenomenal phenomenal job of getting that social license and really working um, with the local stakeholders so a lot of you keep asking about annan i am as bullish on annan um, as i have been in the past year or two and maybe more so and again i don't think this is a, a company that becomes you know a five dollar company in the next six months but I think in the next 12 to 18, we're in for some fireworks and uh, bet you're behind on positioning for that. I'm a shareholder. I'll be, I'll be there. I like it. Look, let's get into it. We had some, uh, I don't, I don't want to call it meaningless M&A, but you know, gold is a little boring. And, and by the way, it looks strong right now. It closed at 1854 today. Nice bounce back off that low, right? It hit that 1812, 1813 low. Bounce back from that beautifully. I'll get your technical analysis in a second, Nick, because you're more the, the chartist than I am. But there was some M&A with Integra, right? Integra um, decided to merge with Millennial. And look, th there was zero premium done. And I, I, I haven't broken the deal down. I, 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 I didn't dig into it. So this is no knock on either company. But I think it speaks to the state of the gold space where the last two public M&A deals, the big one, right, that, that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and then now this one, have been done at little to no premium and... You know, in the, in the case of the big one, like 
shares actually went down on the suitor, right? The market didn't care for it. So I think we're at an interesting space where if you're patient, kind of like with Hannon, if you're patient, there are some gold names out there right now um, that are screaming bargains. But again, you have to really be a contrarian right now in these markets if you're going to bet on gold and and, you're, and and to an extent on copper, right? For the next several months, I think you're going to have to be a little bit patient to see that resurgence. Exceptions are everywhere, right? There's always exceptions, but uh, I, I think gold's boring again. Thoughts on that, Nick? I still think we're in a bull market, but I think it's, it's a boring bull market right now. Uh, yeah, I think that's that pretty spot on. It, it got softer than I thought it was going to get. You know, broke down through the the 1875 level, level went all the way down to uh, wherever it went down to, 1810s, uh, 1820s. But it's in a bull market. Uh, you've had wonkiness with the rates, right? You had that 10-year that, get stronger again, the yield, the, the dollar get a little bit stronger. I don't think that lasts forever as we get closer to this recession, which is it's, it's going to come now. We're getting into the second quarter. We'll... Uh, you know, we'll get Q1 GDP and 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 that's going to allow the, the long-term end of the curve to to fall off. You know, it remains significantly inverted still. Last week, it was the most inverted it's been since this whole yield curve inversion began last, uh, well, last uh, March or April, I guess it was. And so, uh, yeah, boring bull market is good, but there's been more than just that acquisition that, that you mentioned there. And it, Specifically in Idaho, there's a, a couple of other companies that have significantly larger and uh, what I would say better resources than um, Integra and then, you know, uh, the millennial that they merged with, which has assets in, in Nevada. Um, you know, one in particular has a, a four million ounce resource and, and they'll have a PFS out later this year. And so, um, you know, if you're talking about buyout candidates, uh, that's a that's a prime one considering it's a, it's a past producer and has lots of infrastructure there on site and is you know, already talking to the power company about upgrading the, the substation and uh, things like that. But and there's been other uh, M&A as well. And that's uh, what I wanted to mention. Excuse me. <clears throat> you know, you had I-80, uh, which is an interesting company yeah. on its own, uh, take out Paycor Minerals. That was at a, a pretty significant uh, premium. Yeah. You had B2 Gold come in and, and take out Sabina recently. And um, that was at a, at a premium as well. And so I think that points to... Um, uh, just the reality, I guess, the the reality that these these larger companies need to replace their coffers, and there's not a lot of uh, prime candidates out there that have de-risked, uh, de-risked large assets with uh, infrastructure and, and and check other boxes that the uh, these mid tiers and majors are looking for. So, um, yeah, I think we're in a gold bull market. I've uh, written a couple of checks in the in the past month or so into copper gold. Uh, gold deals and 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 i'm looking forward to that um obviously paying off in the in the months and years ahead same same i think you know we we've written a couple of similar checks here uh recently and and uh, look I, I will say this um while the gold space has been somewhat boring the deal flow is being um accelerated it's more consistent it's higher quality deal flow and I think, you know, I think that's a great contrarian indicator of what's to come in the gold space. A couple of the checks that we wrote recently are very well structured deals with very significant land packages that are extremely prospective. You and I wrote a check for a company that's got uh, consolidated a district, a past producing district in northern Mexico where, you know, there's, 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 it's elephant country basically. And, and it's the first time in the history of this land package that all of these claims have been consolidated 
under one banner. And so we'll be meeting with that company on Monday. I'll be at PDAC next week. If you're out there, you guys, please say hello, stop by. I'm looking forward to catching up with a lot of you up there. But um, the deal flow is getting better. The quality of the deal flow is getting better. Things are starting to come to market. So there are signs of life, but the gold price is still boring right now. <laughs> so be a contrarian or be a victim is what Rick Rule says. This is the time to really establish those positions in the gold space for the midterm, not for tomorrow, not for next month, but for the midterm. If you want to buy low and you want to sell high, you have to do both, guys. And uh, guys and gals, this is the buy low part. Get it done. There's a lot of value out there, <clears throat> and not just with the the private deals. I mean, you know, I, I look at stocks probably too much, and you know, I, <laughs> I see a lot of uh, a lot of value out there. It's you know, no one has unlimited coffers, obviously, but I see a lot of things I would like to buy. You know. Uh, I'm sure we've talked about Almadex on this podcast before. You know, they put out an update recently about, you know, all their projects and uh, royalties and, and JVs and stuff and how they've got $18 million in, in cash. And, I mean, they're trading just about a $20 million market cap, right? And no value for the, the drill rigs and the um, royalties and the projects. And, and so, and that's not the only one. There's others out there. But historically, uh, undervalued and, and oversold the gold stocks for vape. Um, let's talk, uh, lithium. Let's talk. Uh, you want to pivot? Just get right into it. Sure. I mean, we didn't really make a list this week. We were both super no. busy. So <laughs> but, but, but again, we live this stuff and we, you know, we write checks, we eat our own cooking. So it's not like we have to make a list. Most of the times we put stuff on there anyway, last minute. A lot of you always reach out about my Patriot take. My Patriot take is this. Um, we didn't get news this past week. I was a bit surprised by that. Given the fact that the company was at BMO, I'll speculate and this is just speculation. I, I haven't been in touch for you know several days with the company and I have nothing to indicate this other than I've been around long enough to know that when you put four to five drill rigs on one specific part and then in specific right now means the high grade Nova zone to the east and you keep those rigs there and you keep stepping out with 100 meter step outs and you don't move those rigs and it's now been over a month with four or five of those rigs going at it there and then you rush assays because of how it looks and how it looks in the past is you've seen 5 and 6% over, you know, uh, just widths that are absolutely phenomenal. I'll speculate that the news didn't come out because they probably had to send some assays back to make sure that the numbers were accurate. Because the last thing you want to do is put out a phenomenal release with some astronomical high-grade numbers and then have to take it back over a rounding error, right? And so that's my speculation. PDAX next week. I think by the time y'all get this podcast, uh, it's Thursday the third year, you'll probably listen to this Monday or Tuesday of early next week. I think we have news. I think it's going to be spectacular. It's taken an extra couple of months to get past the 20 level Canadian. I think that happens next week. Either way, still sitting on my shares. Um, so yeah, that's the take. That's the Patriot take. I think I think it should be a fun, 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 fun month of March. Well, lithium space is interesting. You know, there's been a, 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 a tiny bit of softening in, in prices. Yeah. And at the same time, then, you know, Chinese production came offline for uh, a little bit there, if you were paying attention to the headlines. Uh, but more than that, I think we're seeing, you know, uh, or about to see, or, or will continue to see a separation of the the wheat from the chaff. You know, it was getting a little frothy there, right? There was a lot of uh, Me Too closeology going on and, and still going on, you know, at people naming themselves after Patriot. I saw uh, Can we call this episode, I'd like to congratulate Patriot Battery Metals, please? <laughs> I guarantee you it'll be one of the most watched episodes ever. 
And if we do call it that, I'm sorry in advance, everybody, for pranking y'all. But I did give you a Patreon take, so it's going higher. It's free advice. I'm holding my shares. Take do do with that what you will. I saw another company that changed <laughs> its ticker to to QMET. Um, and then I've seen other pitch decks where the property is named Patriot. Um, and and then there's just been you know shares that are running, whether it's um, uh, Brunswick or you know whatever it is. Uh, Midland uh, Exploration had yep. had a little bit of a run there, and you you know you start to see these companies pull back now as and uh, people are realizing that not all these companies are, are going to go to the moon, and, and and there's a lot of them, right? And so, uh, I didn't really have a point there other than to say that you know these these booms uh, they don't go on forever, and and the Me Too companies, you know, um, their life can only be so long because uh, unless you're perpetually spending marketing dollars to suck in new investors you're gonna have to show your hand at some point either by you know doing the the surveys the, the early exploratory work that shows what you had or, or heaven forbid you you drill something right and so uh, the companies that are drilling that are working towards drilling in in 2023 i think you're going to start to see uh, separate from some of these more uh, story related companies and uh, you know the I guess I'll, I'll throw a name out there. You know, one company I've been watching out of the corner of my eye is is Tearlock, right? The the company TEA. That company <laughs> and that was down uh, some twenty five thirty percent today. That well, one. <laughs> and and, and by a similar amount in previous days. You know, I mm-hmm. ran not on the chart in front of me. I think it ran, you know, all the way up over two dollars. You know, started falling off precipitously. Um, and another reason money at eighty cents, right? Like a, a lot of it, which is uh, additional dilution, and so two fifty five to sixty eight cents in a month. Yeah, right, Gosh. exactly. And so, um, anyway, just a, a bit of uh, word of warning, I guess, or, or caution that you know, just because you have a pegmatite or just because your uh, lithium exploration company doesn't mean it's a great investment. Um. We were, we were talking to a gentleman earlier this week and I was talking about going to PDAC and I hate being away from home. And, um, you know, he asked if my wife was coming. I said, no, you know, she, she's not making it this one. We got the boys here and our, our middle child's coming in from school, from college and spending some time. So, you know, I'll be away for a couple of days. And, um, I, and I said, that's, you know, that's my smarter, prettier half, obviously. He said, yeah, all wives are great. And like all wives aren't great. Mine happens to be great. Right. But like all wives are not great is what I told this guy. All pegmatites aren't great. All lithium companies aren't great. And I love this part of the lithium cycle. This is the part of the lithium cycle where you're no longer going to be able to drink lithium water and make a promo about that and try to pitch shit to your subscribers. This is the part of the lithium cycle where you either know what you have and you're going to maximize those gains for your subscribers and your readers and yourselves if, if you're already in, right? Or you're going to lose people and yourself a lot of money. You better start knowing what you have and why you have it. A lottery ticket's okay. I'm not saying that some of these, you know, neurology plays or closeology plays don't have the potential to become a real company with a real asset. But let's, 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 you know, let's let that bear out a little bit and just understand that if you're allocating capital into those companies, you're betting on a lottery ticket. You're not betting on whether it's a 150 million ton resource or a 200 million ton initial maiden resource, like we are with Patriot Battery Metals, right? That's, that's what the bet is at this point. We're betting if Patriot becomes the largest lithium spodumene deposit in the world, or if it comes close. That that's an easy bet for me to make. It's easy for me to hold, you know, 95, 96, 97, 98 percent of my shares and not blink despite being in since 16 cents with warrants, right? I don't lose any sleep over that. I, 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 I'm pretty confident about what I have. 
I'm not confident enough in a lot of these other places to take any of my Patriot money and go out bet on lottery tickets because I don't feel I have to. I, I feel we still have the goods. And look, a couple of our other Lithium plays in the portfolio, companies that you and I have written checks for, have performed well. There's some real good plays out there to where you don't have to speculate on the trash, y'all. And at the very least, if you are, know that you're buying a lottery ticket and be honest with yourself about that. And if it doesn't work out and it blows up, be accountable for that because at the end of the day, it's your money, your profits, and your losses, folks. That's my TED Talk. Good to be back. Bitcoin. <laughs> our, our resident crypto expert, huh. Chris Curl. Um, I know last week you started by saying you weren't going to rant and rave. All I do is rant and rave. So we're going to rant. We're going to rave, but you're going to get all the updates on everything, folks. I'm back and I haven't been able to talk for a week. So here we are. Um, Bitcoin. Chris Curl, our local resident um, crypto expert, came out with a pretty bold, aggressive call for Bitcoin in 2023, early 2024. Do we want to give that away or should we just play it close to the best here? I mean, no, we could talk about it. You know, he runs CryptoCycle and then I think he and I are aligned on our views on, on, on Bitcoin and where it's going. I mean, he thinks it's going to be six figures in, in, in 2024. And I, I don't necessarily disagree with him. You know, I don't know if it's going to be 2024 or 2025, but I do think Bitcoin has a six figure future. And, um, at the same time, I think that it's got softness still ahead. You know, I think this recent run to 23 and 24 was overdone. It stayed there uh, longer than I thought it was going to stay there. And again, I think we're heading into uh, a recession. I think you see softness ahead. And I think that um, the correlation that Bitcoin's had with the broader markets isn't going to break. And so if the, the broader markets are going to go down, I think Bitcoin's going to go back down with them. Um I've said that I think Bitcoin's gone back to fourteen or fifteen thousand dollars. I, I continue to believe that. If it does, I'll, I'll buy a whole coin. I mean, uh, not not that that's a ton of money, but um, yeah, I think that's where it's going back to. And I got really no interest in in playing here in the in the low twenties because uh, I think it's going to go back down. Um, it, it might seem weird to have both those thoughts. Uh, hopefully, you can wrap your head around that to think that it's going to go down in the short term, but but up in the long term. Uh, but that's where I am, and I think that's where Chris is as well. Um, yeah, I mean, there's only 21 million of them, right? Uh, you look at the, the the money printing that's going on. You look at uh, how it's being accepted by banks. I mean, I could go down the list. You know, you've got MasterCard putting out, you know, crypto-backed credit cards now. Um, you've got central banks that are going to be using some of these uh, things, not necessarily for central bank digital currencies, but for, for settlements, uh, et cetera. And it's finite, right? It's, you know, it's what, what I've always said. You invest in Bitcoin for the same reason that you invest in gold. And um, I think Bitcoin will, will find its footing again, but not until after this recession that, that is going to come. I, and I think it's here, frankly, right? We could disagree about the semantics and we could disagree about, you know, the numbers of the revised numbers and this and that. I think we're in a recession, whether whether we are or it's a month away from the data proving that out or two months away. I think if you look at the layoffs, if you look at you know, used car auto prices, which are still well above, you know, prices two years ago, but significantly down from last year, right? You look at real estate prices across the country. Um, yeah, I, I think it screams recession. And I think, again, despite that, there's places to make money, um, a good time to be a, a patient contrarian and be selective, folks, I, and, and be accountable because it, it's going to get trickier for stock pickers here in the next little bit. You're going to have to really know what you're doing. And, and even some of those people are going to get their ass handed to them 
uh, people like Kathy Wood from ARK Investment Fund, who hasn't had the best year, year and a half, say, two years, three years, to her, yeah. two or three years. And she had that handed to her during one of the better bull markets um, that we've had in quite some time. And, you know, I'll, I'll save it for subscribers because I wrote about it in this month's issue of Junior Resource Monthly, which will be out here in the next little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think she should stick to her knitting and maybe lithium isn't her knitting and her knitting hasn't done well for her. There's a lot of other people that are uh, getting away from their knitting and venturing into areas that they are nowhere near qualified to speak on. So just a uh, word of caution to everybody out there. Know who you're talking with. Yeah. I mean, I was saying that, I mean, that's what my talk was about at VRIC, which the video finally came out on this week. And I, and I shared with subscribers is that, you know, the next couple of months is going to be your opportunity to, uh, to pick your spots on some of these, um, resource companies in particular. And uh, I'm in no hurry, you know, I still, uh, I'm sitting on a lot of cash and I think that there will be ample time to deploy that, but I'm not going to get sucked into these uh, rallies specifically on the broader market that's been going on since October when um, I know damn well that there's going to be a liquidity crunch and, and people are going to be selling their um, whatever, their retail holdings, their Teslas, their Bitcoins, whatever it is that you know they've bought in the past couple of years as everything was in a bubble because they're going to need that cash to make their mortgage payments. I mean, or their rent payments, which are now higher, or their car payments, which are now $1,000 a month on a $50,000 car because, you know, auto interest loans are 8% or whatever it is. And so, yeah, we've got to we've got to get through that, and it's going to present opportunity. Um, speaking of opportunity, a couple of months ago, we were pounding the table on why you should be buying Cucho Copper in the mid-20s, and we told you it was a phenomenal asset. It was, you know, de-risked. It's got a major funding partner in Wheat and Precious Metals. Um, we explained to you there was a quiet period because the company was conserving cash. All of that was true. And here we are a couple of months later and the company's damn near double trading at 43, 44 cents, touched 47 cents earlier this week. Um, I think it's headed to a dollar. Prime example of how quickly things can change in the space. I want to highlight one other company that has some phenomenal results that I think are consequential um, moving forward. And, and then this will be the last freebie that I give you all. Aldebaran Resources, they had a hole that was fantastic that I think some of the market missed. Um, I, I, I think they looked at the grade and it was you know over a thousand meters of something like 0.48% copper equivalent. Let me get you the exact number. But the main takeaway in that release it's like 1, was 1,167 meters, meters of 0.48 copper equivalent at the Aldebaran Project in Argentina. The main part of that release wasn't so much the 1,100 plus meters of 0.48 copper equivalent. It was the fact that they drilled into the anomaly that their model said would have mineralization and that they drilled to a point where they now believe that all of these deposits aren't separate, that they all unite, right? And if that is the case, those 18 billion pounds of copper, whatever the number is right now, and, and however, I think it's 3 million ounces of gold, that's about to grow really, really quick. And when we talk about scale, when we talk about jurisdiction, when we talk about long mine life, when we talk about potential economics, Alderbron checks a lot of boxes right now, folks. And I know that um, you're a happy shareholder, Nick. I know your your subscribers are. Um, that's that's one everybody should be looking at right now at current levels. I mean, we we, were, we wrote a check at, at thirty cents, and like the, on this news, the the stock ran to fifty two week highs at a a dollar four, and yeah, it's something crazy like. Uh, 13 billion pounds of copper already, I think 3.4 or 3.8 million ounces of gold and, and for good measure, like 40 million ounces of silver or something like that, um, give or take. And my memory's not as good as it used to be. But the point is, uh, that's in 
two separate deposits, Altar East and Altar Central. And that's not even talking about, I think there's there's one called QRD or something. And yeah. Then, and, then yep. the ra- and then the radio deposit. Um, that's separate. And so, uh, you know, I'm no geologist. And, you know, when they start talking about, I was joking with you before we started recording, you know, altered sericite clay and all this sort of stuff. You know, I don't know what that means. But what I what I can do is look at the, the that that anomaly, that, that resistivity or that low or whatever it was, and see how uh, where there's light pink, where they have drilled, that's where all the good mineralization is. And then there's a pit shell. And below that is another huge blob of the pink where they haven't drilled. And it's just as big as the, the pink part that's in the, in the pit shell. And so I could say this pink <laughs> is as big as this pink. That means it's twice as big, right? I mean, that's my, you know, not complicated take. Uh, it, You're so, making it real hard for me not to be childish, Nick, but I'm going to stay away. <laughs> I was going to say something else there. Um, um, oh, uh, you know, they did a webinar about it. Um, and I listened into that. And, you know, they were saying essentially what you said, that Altar East and Altar Central c- connects. You know, Kevin Heather was calling it Altar United. And, uh, you know, some of the questions, were, and, and those holes ended in, in mineralization, by the way. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. And somebody asked, well, if they ended in mineralization, why didn't you keep drilling? And and John Black said, uh, because that's so deep. It's like basically to as deep as, you know, things are mined these days. Like, yeah, that might be mined in like 50 or 75 or 100 years, but it's not going to move the NPV and the IRR needle in a meaningful way because you wouldn't be mining that until so far out in the future, right? And then um anyway that is the difference between an economic geologist and a geologist that would have kept drilling and wasting shareholder money just for kicks just to say they had a 2000 meter hole right that is the difference and so you know just to to, to piggyback to you on your point there nick the company decided let's continue to step out and see if we can prove to the market that all this is indeed connected only 500 meters step out right only a 500 meter step out right that's quality exploration work. I believe that they have four rigs. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's four rigs now and maybe a fifth rig coming on. It's going to be the most aggressive exploration program ever undertaken. Um, and I think that company is a prime takeout candidate between now and the end of 2024. Well, you Could know, happen tomorrow. Could happen two years. We talked about share structures, but in a whole episode last week on it, and over 70% of those shares are owned by three companies, right? There's- yep. Um, oh gosh, I'm going to be able to think of them all. You might have to help me. There's Route One, uh, and there's Sabanye, and and what's the third one? I, I want to say that. I want to say Tech, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Am I wrong about that? Either way, not. it's anyway. There's three you know big companies that own seventy one percent of the shares, and so you know less than thirty percent of the shares available. And we talk about you know not that I have a ton of shares, but you know there's some some strong hands in that deal, and so yeah. No, look, uh, phenomenal company, uh, phenomenal asset, uh, I, 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 phenomenal shareholders. That's going to look at. Yeah, that's your freebie for the week, everybody. Um, Nick, we talk about noise on this podcast often, right? We talk about how we want to make sure that you and I, and I'm trying to do a better job because I get amused easy, but uh, <laughs> you and I try to filter out as much South, noise as possible. So, South 32. South 32, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we talk about how it's so important nowadays to filter out the noise because there's just so much, right? We went from three weeks ago being invaded by Chinese balloons and then UFOs and, you know, generals telling you to lock your doors, politicians that are on the national security 
Oversight Intelligence Committee telling citizens to lock their doors to not a peep over the past couple of weeks. That's why I don't pay attention. I mean, and, and, and you know, we could extrapolate this issue to 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 to, uh, to several other issues. Um, one of two things is true: either that was a real serious thing that just happened that's now being covered up, or it wasn't that serious and we made mountains out of molehills, right? Um, I hope it's the mountain out of molehill analogy, but I fear, I fear. I fear it actually might be something kind of serious. I mean, it could seem pretty damn coordinated. It seemed pretty global in a scale. You don't see that every day. Then all of a sudden, everybody just shut up. Thoughts? I don't have any more thoughts. Just an observation, I guess. I mean, there's so much noise out there. I was writing about it this week. I did a little uh, Billy Joel, We Didn't Start the Fire, and I was you know, writing about all the things, interest rates, core inflation, DeSantis, derailed trains, genders. <laughs> drag queens, you know, whatever it is, right? There's so much stuff out there that, you know, if you try to read it all and consume it all, you'll, one, you won't be able to do it. And two, you'll drive yourself crazy, right? Because the next day in the 24-hour news cycle, it's going to be something else. You know, you're like a squirrel, like going back and forth. Um, You know, I I don't know what the balloons were, but they disappeared out of the news very quickly. You know, we we didn't even recover the one, or if we did, they didn't tell us what it was, right? And uh, to to have the the pilot saying that it's an octagon, that one wasn't even a balloon. It's an octagon with no source of propulsion. I mean, that makes you scratch your head. And so, anyway, all this noise and, and balloons aside, I mean, I'm of the belief that you know there's going to be an altercation with China in the next twenty years. And so, I, I don't oh, know. Oh God, you're optimistic for once. I don't I don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, I, I wouldn't like it to be on U.S. shores, but you know, I do think that. Um, there's going to be some fisticuffs, to, to put it lightly. Yeah, I, you, you know, I actually think it happens within the next five to seven years. I think it lines up perfectly with this fourth turning that we're in the midst of. I think that, you know, Russia, Ukraine is going to escalate. Again, I'm no geopolitical expert, right? But I can connect dots a little bit. And look, I look at Taiwan, I look at China, I look at Russia, I look at the Ukraine, I look at the U.S. And to me, the table's set. To me, the table's set. Um, things that were being, you know, kind of, tucked underneath the rug or swept under the rug um, are, are coming to light now a little bit more. And um, I think it's going to be go time here in the next couple of years. So I hope I'm completely wrong and we're all singing Kumbaya, holding hands and it's free love and everybody's just happy. But I don't think that's going to be the case, unfortunately, folks. Well, that's it. And, you know, uh, Rick Roll says often, you know, careful what you wish for, five, ten thousand dollar gold or whatever it is, because or a six figure Bitcoin or heaven forbid, seven figure Bitcoin that comes with some other repercussions. Agreed. Agreed. Mr. Hodge, I know you're feeling a little bit under the weather. I've ranted. I've raved. You've given your usual thoughtful analysis on all things recession, overall markets, gold technicals. We gave some freebies away. We gave our usual Patriot update, which I will continue to do until that's no longer my biggest single position in terms of in terms of cash and shares right now, actually. So that that's all I got this week. I'm looking forward to PDEC. If anybody's out there, please come say hello. Um, anything else you want to get off your chest, Mr. Hodge? No, safe travels. I, I hope you have productive meetings. I hope you uh, get to meet subscribers. <laughs> I've, I've never been to PDAC. That's sort of my shtick now. I, I say that I'm never going to go, so I don't know what the scene is there, but um, I hope you don't freeze to death. No, I think we'll be all right. Looking forward to getting with Patriot. Looking forward to getting with a bunch of other companies. Um, it should be a fun, fun few days. It'll be a lot of work, as it always is, but um, it's that time, right? Things are good. I'm supposed to remind people of stuff, right? I'm supposed to remind everyone 
to make sure that you check us out at dailyprivatecycle.com forward slash subscribe to never miss out on our rantings, our ravings, our updates, and our market commentary. I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 208 of our therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. Nick, send us off. See ya and keep an eye out for a new product called Profit Cycle Pro, which will be um, a low-priced way to get a little taste of all our publications and, and insight into you know the letters that Gerardo writes, the letters that I write, and then the crypto letter that Chris Curl writes, sort of a, a digest, as it were. So enjoy the week. Have a good one, y'all. Be kind to each other. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.